Chapters twenty three and twenty four of Sebastopol by Leo Tolstoy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters twenty three and twenty four of Part three Sebastopol in August eighteen fifty five. On this side of the bay, between Inkerman and the northern fortifications, on the Telegraph Hill, about midday, stood two naval men one was an officer who was engaged in observing sebastopol through a telescope and the other had just arrived at the signal station with his orderly the sun stood high and brilliant above the bay and played with the ships which floated upon it and with the moving sails and boats with a warm and cheerful glow the light breeze hardly moved the leaves of the dry oak shrubs which stood about the signal pole puffed out the sails of the boats and ruffled the waves sebastopol with her unfinished church her columns her line of shore her boulevard showing green against the hill and her elegant library building with her tiny azure inlets filled with masts with the picturesque arches of her aqueducts and the clouds of blue smoke lighted up now and then by red flashes of flame from the firing the same beautiful proud festive sebastopol hemmed in on one side by yellow smoke-crowned hills on the other by the bright blue sea which glittered in the sun was visible the same as ever on the other side of the bay over the horizon line of the sea along which floated a long wreath of black smoke from some steamer crept long white clouds portending a gale along the entire line of the fortifications especially over the hills on the left rose columns of thick dense white smoke suddenly abruptly and incessantly illuminated by flashes lightnings which shone even amid the light of high noon and which constantly increased in volume assuming diverse forms as they swept upwards and tinged the heavens these puffs of smoke flashing now here and now there took their birth on the hills in the batteries of the enemy in the city and high against the sky the sound of the discharges never ceased but shook the air with their mingled roar at twelve o'clock the puffs of smoke began to occur less and less frequently and the atmosphere quivered less with the roar but the second bastion is no longer replying at all said the officer of hussars who sat there on horseback it is utterly destroyed horrible yes and the malakoff only sends one shot to their three replied the officer who was looking through his glass it enrages me to have them silent they are firing straight on the kornilovsky battery and it is not answering at all but you see that they always cease the bombardment at twelve o'clock just as i said it is the same to-day let us go and get some breakfast they are already waiting for us there's nothing to see stop don't interfere said the officer with the glass gazing at sevastopol with peculiar eagerness what's going on there what is it there is a movement in the trenches and heavy columns are marching yes that is evident said the other the columns are under way we must give the signal see see they have emerged from the trenches in truth it was visible to the naked eye that dark masses were moving down the hill across the narrow valley from the french batteries to the bastions in front of these specks dark streaks were visible which were already close to our lines 
white puffs of smoke of discharges burst out at various points on the bastions as though the firing were running along the line the breeze bore to them the sounds of musketry shots exchanged briskly like rain upon the window-pane the black streaks moved on nearer and nearer into the very smoke the sounds of firing grew louder and louder and mingled in a lengthened resounding roar the smoke rising more and more frequently spread rapidly along the line flowing together in one lilac-hued cloud which dispersed and joined again and through which here and there flitted flames and black points and all sounds were commingled with one reverberating crash an assault said the officer with a pale face as he handed the glass to the naval officer orderlies galloped along the road officers on horseback the commander-in-chief in a calash and his suite passed by profound emotion and expectation were visible on all countenances it cannot be that they have taken it said the mounted officer by heavens there's the standard look look said the other sighing and abandoning the glass the french standard on the malakoff it cannot be twenty four the elder kozeltoff who had succeeded in winning back his money and losing it all again that night including even the gold pieces which were sewed into his cuffs had fallen just before daybreak into a heavy unhealthy but profound slumber in the fortified barracks of the fifth battalion when the fateful cry repeated by various voices rang out the alarm why are you sleeping mikhail semyonovitch there's an assault a voice shouted at him that is probably some schoolboy he said opening his eyes but putting no faith in it but all at once he caught sight of an officer running aimlessly from one corner to the other with such a pale face that he understood it all the thought that he might be taken for a coward who did not wish to go out to his company at a critical moment struck him with terrible force he ran to his corps at the top of his speed firing had ceased from the heavy guns but the crash of musketry was at its height the bullets whistled not singly like rifle balls but in swarms like a flock of birds in autumn flying past overhead the entire spot on which his battalion had stood the night before was veiled in smoke and the shouts and cries of the enemy were audible soldiers both wounded and unwounded met him in throngs after running thirty paces further he caught sight of his company which was hugging the wall they have captured swartz said a young officer all is lost nonsense said he angrily grasping his blunt little iron sword and he began to shout forward children hurrah his voice was strong and ringing it roused even kozeltoff himself he ran forward along the traverse fifty soldiers rushed after him shouting as they went from the traverse he ran out upon an open square the bullets fell literally like hail two struck him but where and what they did whether they bruised or wounded him he had not the time to decide in front he could already see blue uniforms and red trousers and could hear shouts which were not russian one frenchman was standing on the breastworks waving his cap and shouting something kozeltoff was convinced that he was about to be killed this gave him courage he ran on and on some soldiers overtook him other soldiers appeared at one side also running 
the blue uniforms remained at the same distance from him fleeing back from him to their own trenches but beneath his feet were the dead and wounded when he had run to the outermost ditch everything became confused before kozeltoff's eyes and he was conscious of a pain in the breast half an hour later he was lying on a stretcher near the nikolaevsky barracks and knew that he was wounded though he felt hardly any pain all he wanted was something cooling to drink and to be allowed to lie still in peace a plump little doctor with black side whiskers approached him and unbuttoned his coat kozeltoff stared over his chin at what the doctor was doing to his wound and at the doctor's face but he felt no pain the doctor covered his wound with his shirt wiped his fingers on the skirts of his coat and without a word or glance at the wounded man went off to someone else kozeltoff's eyes mechanically took note of what was going on before him and recalling the fact that he had been in the fifth bastion he thought with an extraordinary feeling of self-satisfaction that he had fulfilled his duty well and that for the first time in all his service he had behaved as handsomely as it was possible for any one and had nothing with which to reproach himself the doctor after bandaging the other officer's wound pointed to kozeltoff and said something to a priest with a huge reddish beard and a cross who was standing near by what am i dying kozeltoff asked the priest when the latter approached him the priest without making any reply recited a prayer and handed the cross to the wounded man death had no terrors for kozeltoff he grasped the cross with his weak hands pressed it to his lips and burst into tears well were the french repulsed he inquired of the priest in firm tones the victory has remained with us at every point replied the priest in order to comfort the wounded man concealing from him the fact that the french standard had already been unfurled on the malakoff mound thank god said the wounded man without feeling the tears which were trickling down his cheeks the thought of his brother occurred to his mind for a single instant may god grant him the same good fortune he said to himself End of chapters twenty three and twenty four